Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everywhere with Mare podcast. I have a really special guest today that I'm really excited about, and I hope you guys enjoy this interview. Hi, everyone. My name is Reba. Uh, my name is Rebecca Palisma, but I go by Reba. I didn't choose it, but it just stuck. Um, when I was 11 years old, and now I've embraced it. So hello, everyone. Um, I'm excited to be here. We're just going to talk with Reba a little bit about who she is and what she does and get some fun information about her so you guys can all go and follow her. (laughs) So, okay, we're just going to kind of start with the basics and then move our way around. But have you lived in Colorado your whole life? So I was born and raised in Colorado, and I left to move uh, to Arizona when I went to college in Arizona, which was in Phoenix. I loved it there. However, I need to be outside, and during the summers, I could not do it. So after I graduated, I moved back, Um, and yeah, I haven't lived anywhere else. And where did you go to school? I went to GCU, which is Grand Canyon University. I feel like not many people have heard of it, but... I always say private Christian affordable because that's on all of their commercials. I love that. <laughs> um, I played soccer there, so I I went there to play on their team, the D1 team, subtle brag. But I actually brag, it, it brag about it. That's amazing. Thank you. It wasn't my first choice. I was actually committed to University of Louisville and then decommitted like my senior year right before graduation which was nuts and a huge scandal in my hometown oh, no. well, at least I felt like it was a scandal <laughs> and there's a lot of gossip that I just wouldn't address um but I found GCU they still had scholarships to give out for the soccer team they uh flew me out on a visit and immediately it was so sunny and beautiful and all of the buildings were so modern and that's the picture was like so the campus it's like is a so beautiful yeah it's like Zoe 101 but desert yeah. version um <laughs> So I was, and, and I, this is a hilarious reason why I also chose the school. I w- went to go to where all the soccer facilities, mm-hmm. all the athletic facilities, and immediately had to run into like really hot guys for the basketball <laughs> team. And the girls were nice on the soccer team. So I was like, okay, I will make friends here. Versus when I was at University of Louisville on all my visits, mm-hmm. um, the girls were like, if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't go here, and nobody was really inviting. And I'm sorry, but moving from Colorado to Kentucky just didn't sit. That's well a downgrade, in my opinion. Yeah, I wasn't ready to lose the Colorado, I guess, Western. What do we even consider yeah. ourselves? Southwest life. Um, I couldn't do it. So overall, so happy I went to GCU. I only ended up playing soccer on the soccer team for two out of the three years I was there, um, but. If I could do it all over again, I still believe that I was supposed to be at GCU. That's awesome. Yeah. What did you major in when you were there? Um, I majored in finance and psychology. I uh, I chose finance because, well, I was first, you go into college, you have no idea, like, what the heck you're supposed to be doing. You're like, mom, dad, do I follow your path or do I just do something equally as impressive? So I think I, and I had to go out early for the soccer team. We had to play during the summers before school even started. So mm-hmm. before freshman year even started, I had to go out. And if you're living on campus slash there for soccer, you have to be enrolled in a class. So I had started classes early and just chose business admin. And then 
I think after a semester, I was like, okay, what does this get me? Where is this going? And I, my mom is a math teacher and my, my dad's a doctor. So I, and now my mom's a science teacher. I always had this background in math and science and I didn't want to be a doctor, follow my dad's path. I was too scared. I'd probably be only doing that to impress him. So I was like, I will do finance. I'm good at numbers. And then I have a finance degree now I don't use. So <laughs> That's okay. Maybe yeah. one day. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, a little bit more about soccer. Okay. Um, maybe just some pros and cons of like collegiate soccer and maybe like some advice for someone who currently plays soccer in college and like something you wish you would have known in the moment. Okay, I have a lot of thoughts about this, and okay. it's taken me years to even be able to talk about college soccer because it was such a, like a, I don't want to cuss, but it was you my can. fuck. It was horrible. Well, it wasn't completely horrible, but it mm-hmm. was a lot. Um, I, let's see, I am a super competitive person. I think that anyone playing college soccer has to have some sort of drive and dedication to it, so getting there it was as a freshman there's so much pressure and I would try to win all of the races the the workouts and mm-hmm. I think I did really well actually the summer before my freshman year um I think it's worth playing a college sport if you can get school mostly paid for I got school paid for doing it so that was a bonus um and I think if I didn't get school paid for at all I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much because I guess like when you're in the environment in high school and every one of your club team members who's a competitive college af- or competitive soccer athlete is going to play college, you also feel like you have to go play college. So I kind of think mm. there's just like a, a standard that, oh, that's what we're supposed to do. There was no other option for me. And that was more enforced by just, I think, cultural, culture and societal norms among mm-hmm. my friends. Um But, okay, sorry, I'm getting a little off track. (laughs) Playing college soccer itself was a job. It immediately took away the fun of it. I had some friends on the team that I liked. There wasn't huge drama, but I definitely didn't feel that that team chemistry that every girl kind of dreams of to have. Mm. So I never really felt like I had everyone on my side rooting for me because as soon as soccer became a job, everyone's fighting for playing time. You're fighting for money for a scholarship. You're fighting mm-hmm. for approval constantly. It, it wasn't fun at all. And I think my anxiety and took over when I was so scared of how my coach's moods were going to be the next day that I couldn't enjoy it. I, yeah. I would get so anxious. I would like throw up before practice because I'd be scared we'd have to run so much. Mm-hmm. And I'm physically capable of running yeah. and doing the workouts, but the anxiety and it was just really yeah, and we actually had a coach change. Like our my first freshman year coach got fired and the one who had recruited me and then they brought in new coaches and the, those new coaches loved me for a month or two. And mm-hmm. then they something happened, I rubbed them the wrong way and they decided I wasn't their favorite. They hated me. And then once a coach doesn't like you, it's hell. So that, I think, I feel bad because anyone who's playing college soccer or college sport or going into it, I don't want to say, hey, don't do it. It's horrible because you can definitely have a different experience. But I think you need to go into it with the mentality of thinking, 
I am doing this for the sport. And if, if this is the last two years I could play this sport, like I need to do everything I can to enjoy it mm-hmm. and kind of like shed away the anxiety or the, the scarcity mindset when it comes to proving yourself. Cause yeah. I finished, I got kicked off the team and I didn't even get to like know when my last game was. And I think I regret now having such a horrible last couple of years of mm-hmm. experience playing my favorite sport that now I'm just like you wish you would have like made a little more of it or what? I wish I would have enjoyed enjoyed it it and not, and not been so scared Mm -hmm. of, um, of like getting approval from the coach. I think if I just let myself be like, I don't care if he likes me or not, I'm just here to have fun and play and like Mm -hmm. not get in trouble. I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah. But I have not found that environment or heard from my friends who also play college soccer that that environment exists. In, in the D1, um, very extremely competitive atmosphere. I've heard of it having a better environment in, like, D2 or NAIA. Okay, that's interesting. Um, yeah, if you're doing it now, like, my heart goes out to you. Try to enjoy it and, like, don't get so scared of what I said because you can definitely have a different experience. Even the girls on my team, there were girls that had a great experience even though there was a lot of us that didn't. So it's just kind of what you make of, make of it and yeah. how you view it. Totally. Okay. Cool. Um, so what were some of your plans supposed to be before COVID hit? Because I remember seeing you talk about it on Instagram right when COVID hit that you had some big plans, but... I know. Um, <laughs> So sad. Sore subject. I'm like, if anyone has followed me for a few years, you've known that I've tried to move to Thailand like multiple times and it hasn't worked out because of the pandemic. Um, I had my, when I graduated college, I graduated a year early on purpose because of being ahead with college soccer. And also I had a feeling that my friend who was a flight attendant, she'd already graduated, was going to put me on her flight benefits. So I, I really got those uh, last credits in and graduated, moved all my stuff home, and I traveled for a year for all of 2018 on United Airlines, which is seriously probably the best thing that has ever happened to me in my life. Um, Like, I flew to Singapore for $42. That's insane. And then I would buy a flight to any other countries around there and be so cheap, so I, Mm -hmm. I developed this kind of need and knack for traveling. I've been overseas before, mm-hmm. um, but nothing like this. This was extremely fun. I had no debt and no mortgage and no obligation. Yeah, no obligation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if I had a boyfriend at the time. If I did, it was like a on again, on again thing. <laughs> and I just went everywhere. And one of the times um, after, so after 2018, my flight pass was up I would try to travel international every year and go places and in the beginning of 2020 before COVID hit because we're just going to say COVID hit in March of 2020 I had gone to Thailand all of February with my two best girlfriends and we were sitting there and when you're backpacking Thailand or Southeast Asia you run into so many backpackers in the hostile environment um not hostile but like in yeah yeah no like physical (laughs) hostels (laughs) You sleep in and we would always meet these people that are uh from europe or other countries that are yeah like, just yeah, like I'm cool just places yeah for a year i'm taking a gap year it's really common to take a gap year in, if you're from europe 
And we would always say, oh, that's like so cool. I wish I could do that. Like why? Like that's that's crazy that they can just do that. And then yeah. my friend Brooke was like, well, we can just do that. And I remember it vividly sitting, like eating green curry, playing Uno. And we were like, okay, well, no, we can't. And she's like, yeah, we can. Why don't we do I that? I love like, that so much. So we had made plans to save for a year and move in March of 2021. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know, obviously, what the world would turn to. Yeah. So when it came around time to move, it just hasn't happened. I actually am looking at moving to Mexico in mm-hmm. October of this year. I I'm like too afraid to say stuff on social media these days because I'm fair. like if it doesn't happen, then I I don't want to get crushed again. Yeah. <laughs> and I That's don't know fair. what I'm really doing with my life right now. So if it works out, that would be great. I would go for like six months, mm-hmm. but eventually I will definitely live in Southeast Asia for a year. Like I have to. Yeah, That's I love so that. I, then I was gonna ask next if you yeah. if the Thailand plans are still on or like like eventually yeah. probably you don't have like well, a time stamp, but like yeah, the thing is is that. I had made those plans with two girlfriends of mine mm-hmm. who are now in very serious relationships. And I uh, don't think either of those girls are wanting to uplift their life right now and go, which makes sense. And I don't blame them. Um, but luckily, like I, I will make it happen regardless of who I go with. I want to go. I am a little bit hesitant to go completely by myself. Mm-hmm. Number one for safety. I'm not an idiot, but I also am just like, uh, and number two, it's not quite great for my mental health to be completely alone with a language barrier because mm-hmm. although I'm like someone that absolutely needs alone time every day, being alone in another country with no one to even have like that option of yeah. getting to know on that personal level so soon would be really scary for me. And then number three, I need someone to take my pictures. So yeah. I, I I'll, go, like, I'll go to Thailand with you. I know. I'm like, I'll be your personal photographer. So <laughs> you're so sweet. Yeah. Um, this is just kind of like a random question that I'm curious about. But like, why did you want to move to Thailand? Like specifically okay. Thailand. <clears throat> so actually, my first choice to move to Southeast Asian country would be the Philippines. Mm-hmm. However, I wouldn't move there to one place and not travel around. So our plan had always been to go to Thailand for a few months and then travel around and go to another country for another month. Like we we wanted to do the Philippines. My other two girlfriends I was going with, they had preferred Thailand. And I think, I mean, I've tried a lot of food over in Thailand, Vietnam and stupid Bali. And (laughs) uh, where else did I go? Um, I can't even remember, but Thailand has the best food. So at least if you're yes. living somewhere, I, I don't get sick of Thai food. I am so sick of Vietnamese food. I, I am so over it now. Um, and also the language barrier is harder in Vietnam. So I okay. wanted to go somewhere where at least they were used to Americans visiting. Yeah. And there was a lot of different cities mm-hmm. in Thailand you can go to, whereas other countries are pretty small. Yeah. And uh also the natural beauty of thailand is the best well besides the, the best yeah so like you're getting in thailand you're getting the food the natural beauty which i'm talking about the ocean and the access to yes. a boat ride a cheap boat renting a personal boat for a day is 20 bucks oh and gosh. a different a ton of different cities in thailand that are all different and worth visiting mm-hmm. whereas in the philippines like 
my mom used to live in the Philippines in a city that's really popular, I think Cebu, and I never had visited there. I'd gone straight to this place called El Nido, Mm -hmm. which is my favorite place in the world, even though I just had a great experience there. I I met someone, but um, (laughs) no, he was dating some Dutch. I'm pissed about it. (laughs) I'm like, I'm Dutch too. I'm Dutch and Swedish. You're like, how ironic. I'm so pissed about it. I really am, like, to this day, That's like, amazing. Dennis, like, love me, <laughs> I don't really love him back, I just, yeah. it was really, it was, like, summer camp, like, a summer yeah. fling that happened, um, but the Philippines is absolutely beautiful, and what's great about the Philippines, sorry if I'm ranting, but You're not. a lot of Filipino people speak English well, and they like American culture, so they they watch cool. basketball, they appreciate Americans. I don't need to be an American that's appreciated, but when you're in countries where they don't really like Americans, you can tell. And so being somewhere where they value you Mm -hmm. and your culture is because I want to be valuing theirs. I really liked that about the Philippines. Yeah, cool. That's amazing. I've never really like thought about going to the Philippines, but... I now I want to go to the Philippines. It's my place. I'm gatekeeping. I'm not going to tell you how to get there. And Dennis is mine, Dibs. Okay, so wait. Why did you hate Bali? Oh I want to hear about that because okay. I feel like I've always wondered that from your Instagram. You're like, don't go here. And I'm like, okay, but that looks like a dream. Okay, so this is a very funny story. And I don't mean to be that girl, but I really did go to Bali right, right before it took off. You know, where Bali was the place to be. And I was like, I have been, you guys. And here is my little spiel on Bali. Okay. So I had gone my senior year of college. I literally took two weeks off. I told all my professors. I was like, hi, I'm going to Bali. They're like, where? I'm like, I think it's in Indonesia. This is at a time where I was pretty ignorant. Like where I was on a plane to Singapore and I asked Brooke, my friend. I'm like, wait, where is Bali? Like what country is it in? I was, I yeah, like- I was an idiot. And like I... So I figured out where it was, and it was kind of when all you knew about Bali was that you could get breakfast on uh, in a basket floating in the pool. Like, that's all we really okay. knew. Okay. We had known one other girl that had gone to Bali before, mm-hmm. and honestly, her advice wasn't great. I was just like, we're raw-dogging this. We're just going. <laughs> and we had done as much research as we could, and when we got there... Um, my so we were meeting a girl that hadn't flown in yet but Brooke and I she's my travel girl and she's really smart so thank god um I was with her and we've since then I've gotten so much more smart about traveling Mm -hmm. not that her but I was an idiot this trip let's just say that we're (laughs) the language barrier is tough you we had to take a taxi to this town called Ubud in Bali. And if you are going to Bali, want to go, still after what I tell you, Ubud is the place to go. It's really fun and cool. Ubud is like a, if you took a, like, old town European kind of town, cobblestone mm-hmm. streets in the middle of the jungle. And you also mixed it with 5,000 yoga teachers and monks. That's <laughs> what this place is like. And in a way, it's it's really cool. At the time, I think I, oh yeah, I didn't have this. Okay, I'll tell you guys a snippet later. Um, There's a lot of like new agey stuff, which kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, I had gone to Christian college, which I've also been through like the ringer of being evangelized and then also being like, what the fuck was that? Mm -hmm. Um, So all of this was just a lot. Anyways, Ubud was cool. Um, 
Their the attractions to do in Bali are like a swing, which you've seen all the pictures. It's like $10 and there's a line of 50 people and you're like, why am I doing this? This is so stupid. It's not worth it's the like picture. It's like a swing. Like, like have you, do you know what I'm talking about? A swing I feel like the I jungle. Would, I feel like I would know it. Okay. I don't know. It used to probably be <laughs> way more Insta-famous back when we were all taking photos like that. It's more like Tumblr vibes, right? Yeah. Like, that was when, it, like, of. it was on Tumblr, I feel yes. like. And then there's ugh, the monkey jungle. The <laughs> monkeys are the bane of my existence. I, this is what ruined monkeys for me. We go to this monkey sanctuary, right? And you pay to go in, and they say, don't have share anything, so I have everything in your pockets, I have everything closed, you don't want, the monkeys will try to take it. So I'm like, all right, I'm getting all suited up, and I'm like, okay, I want my picture with the monkey, yeah. because that's why I'm here. And we, I watched these monkeys attack this this woman that was walking, she was probably in her late 20s, and she her friend didn't want to go in because she was scared. So I'm watching the monkeys attack her. She's yelling for help. I'm like, what do you want me to do about this? Because I'm not going to fight these monkeys. I'm in, and I'm in like a zoo. It's like a giant yeah. enclosed place, but the monkeys are roaming free. Okay. And then if a, the monkey, I'm watching also the workers who are technically like, if you want to call them zookeepers or whatever, they will not help you unless you tip them. So as you're getting attacked, you're like, it's horrible. Um, and then when I got my picture of the monkey, one monkey jumped on me, and then the big alpha daddy monkey was pissed because he wanted to claim me. Of course he did. <laughs> so he jumps on me. So these monkeys are on so my hair. Yes, pulling pulling my hair on me. I'm so scared. They have claws, and they have ants all over them. That's so they're so just like, scary. Nothing about this is fun. So I immediately got my picture. That's actually like, terrifying. Get out of here. And, okay, then here's my real reason of why I don't like Bali. Okay, you know how Americans go to Mexico to, to vacation? Yeah. And I would say, like, Americans go to Cabo if mm-hmm. they want a very westernized, very non-cultural trip yeah. to Mexico. They want to be um, everything be catered to them. They don't want to feel like they're in another country, just mm-hmm. that it's, like, pretty and there's tequila. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's what Australians do with Bali. They oh, vacation to Bali. Okay. So a lot of... What I experienced, again, this is my experience, was Bali catered towards westernization and making restaurants like that were just sold avocado toast, which I love avocado toast, but they didn't have a lot of the local Bali culture, which I wanted, the Indonesian culture. I didn't enjoy the food, the local food, which I love a lot of weird food and I just couldn't get behind this. So I would get a lot of fried rice. And then... um, uh, you could just tell that, okay, I've also been to Thailand, which caters to tourists, mm-hmm. but Bali does it differently and in this way that where they're trying to scam you, mm. I guess that can happen in Thailand too, but I didn't yeah. feel it as much. Thailand was more of like, a, they were so used to the tourism that they had a protocol and that they totally. just appreciated people more. Then I felt like in Bali, they were mad and... Um, there's also a huge part of Bali, which all the influencers stay at and go to with all these potato head I think is the name of the stupid <laughs> club it's like clubs with $50 drinks you're in a third world country like day clubs like yes, pool clubs pool okay. clubs and night and they're not fun like you uh. we went there to try I think my drink was like 30 bucks US dollars like it's stupid and everyone looks like they are these snotty snobs that don't talk hmm. it's not the vibe or culture I want to be in 
So every, and I actually have been to Bali twice on two separate mm-hmm. trips because the people I was with really wanted to go. Yeah. And I just did not I didn't like, oh, I forgot a huge main reason. Okay, there's a trash season in Bali where all of the trash comes up onto the beaches. And it is really sad, but then you you can't even go swimming or walk Mm. on the beach. And the beaches that are set up for the surfer vibe, Mm. all the Australian surfers that come to Canggu, it's a rocky beach. I don't know how they're surfing. And the sand is black and the drinks Mm. are either expensive or you're sitting in bugs. I don't know. I just, every single time I've been, I didn't like it. The only thing that I really, really, really enjoyed about Bali was that town of Bud and then going to, what's it called? Oh, Nusa Panita, which if you saw a picture of this. sick hike you did? Yes. So everyone um, and their mother has done it now, which again, I'm not going to be like, oh, I did it first. I started that trend. But like, yeah, I went to it <laughs> when you they didn't even have the hike finished down mm-hmm. to the beach. But that's a really cool thing to do. It's just really hard to get there because you have to take a water taxi to this island mm-hmm. two hours. Um, I got so seasick and I don't get seasick. Oh, it's a terrible water taxi. And you can either stay on the island. There's not a lot to do there. Mm-hmm. So if you have to have something booked. You can't just like, uh, like show you up. can't just like get off and be like, uh, I don't know where to stay. Yeah. Like it's pretty difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Um but that whole excursion was worth it to me. I actually left a swimsuit on that island. So if anyone sees a purple swimsuit from 2018, let me know. I changed it the car that I just left it on accident. So. That's so sad. Yeah. Okay, that's my spiel on Bali. Sorry to be a hater. Yeah, no. I always wondered why what you had against Bali. I wondered why you and Bali were beefing. Yeah. But um, – I feel like we kind of, like, talked about Thailand and Bali, but yeah, what's, like, what would be your favorite place that you've traveled to and least favorite? You don't really have to go okay. into why if you don't want to, but, like, okay, the favorite and least favorite. The Philippines was my absolute favorite. I was with my friend Hannah, and we had done a month-long trip right after we graduated college, and she had just graduated nursing, mm-hmm. and... Thank God, because I got really sick on this trip, but we went to the Philippines first, Mm -hmm. and we'd gone off recommendations from my cousin who used to live there, and she's like, you just should fly to this place and get to El Nido somehow, and I was like, okay, so we flew into the Philippines, and then we took another plane to another island, which was like a two-hour plane ride away to another island off of the Philippines in the middle of nowhere, and then once we landed... We were in a hotel by the airport, which was very scary. And then after that, we, the next day, we're like, okay, what is there to do here? They're like, okay, go to, go to El Nido. We'll book you a taxi. It's five hours away. So we're like, okay. The taxi was $11. Oh, my gosh. And, but it's like Temple Run Roads. And it's, oh. if you took Temple Run and Disneyland. Put it into real life. Put it into one thing. <laughs> that's what this drive was like. But it, it was worth So we get to there. We don't have any hostel booked, nothing. Nothing has availability. Yeah. It was like showing up at the barn and we're like, we need, we need a place to stay. And I was so stupid and didn't bring a backpacking backpack. I had a roller. Mm. And do not ever do that if you go to Asia. I don't care how long you're staying. Don't bring a roller board. Um, unless you're moving there. So I'm carrying this roller board above my head, walking down these stairs, going to a hostel that had like the best ratings. And I knew that they didn't have vacancy, but my plan was to just beg. So we walked down, and it was high tides. We're now treading through the water, like two feet of water in the ocean. 
to this hostel on the beach and it's the coolest hostel in the world. I literally love this place. This is also where I met Dennis. Um, <laughs> so we get to this hostel and I walk in and I'm like, please tell me you have a room. They're like, no, we don't. And when you walk in, there's no doors or whatever. There's a bar. It's just really great vibes. They have a balcony. You can mm-hmm. um, look at everything. They're like, try next door. They have rooms. It's more expensive. So next door actually had the best, I would say the best option available. There's a queen bed. Like a queen, twin, double, or mm-hmm. what's it called? Bunk bed. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, with our own That's bathroom awesome. and air conditioning. It was amazing. So we booked there. I think that was expensive, though. It was like, I want to say it was like $60 a night, maybe per person or not. I can't remember. But it was expensive for the Philippines, which mm-hmm. I realized is my privilege. Okay. So we go there. They had the, we spent all of our time at the hostel with Dennis, and they had the best, every single night there was a theme. There was like trivia night, there was like beer pong night. Um, they had excursions offered through this hostel, and they were so fun. So we got to go on a catamaran, go to a deserted island, and play beach volleyball with locals. They had um, lunch brought to us on a surfboard that was all fresh seafood. Oh my gosh. There was a floating bar we came up to. So this was like, my best experience in the Philippines and the water here was even like lighter and clearer than Thailand. It was so cool. So I loved my, my best experience in Southeast Asia was in the Philippines and like second would be Thailand, which is pretty close. Um, and I met really cool people at that hostel. Least favorite place I've already talked about is Bali or Prague. Oh my God. I don't get why people like Prague, but (laughs) I just don't need to ever go back. (laughs) Well, now you know that that's not the place for you. So, yeah, yeah um, that's awesome. Now the Philippines is on my travel list. Right I'm like still trying not to gatekeep, but it's yeah. best. <laughs> um, is there currency like U.S. dollars or no? They have their own currency or no? So any country you go to, I mean, it's pretty easy to look up the rate. Mm-hmm. I would just do like like in Thailand they have baht, mm-hmm. so I would do USD to baht and okay. see the conversion when I get there. I always go to an ATM and take out bot or take cool. out their local currency because you don't really want to spend your card over mm-hmm. there. And cash is king over in third world countries or other places. Yeah. Cool. What are some of your travel must-haves? I've seen you talk about this on like your Instagram story, but just like name a few. Like okay, when I do longer backpacking trips or places that. I'm longer, that are longer than a week, I usually bring a blanket, Mm -hmm. and I'm not bringing the fuzzy cute ones, I'm bringing, like, those woven wool, I don't know what it's called, those ones that you would find on, like, a Native American reservation. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. I I don't know if I'm even being PC, but those ones are the best, because you can get them dirty without them looking dirty, they're pretty sturdy, and they keep warmth in, and I think they're soft, like, they're not that, they're not scratchy. Yeah, no, I know which one you're talking about. That comes in handy so much on planes or airports or in hostels. When you're traveling in hostels, they give you a sheet and they give you like a hand towel. And that is, yeah, my second time to Southeast Asia, we brought our own quick dry towels. It came, I mean, it was just, they didn't dry fast enough. So that's where I'm like, if you're going to go backpacking, definitely consult a Pinterest of like must-haves or maybe I'll finally make a guide yeah um 
other things that are must-haves. Like I really like the slip eye masks for planes. Some sort of I need to get one of those. Yeah, I love when you wear that. (laughs) They're so fun. Um, Earplugs if you can't sleep well with other people. Sometimes I think a water bottle comes in handy, but if you're going to a country where you cannot drink their tap water, Mm -hmm. you're buying water bottles anyway. Yeah. So it's just like that weird, I don't know. It's almost like you don't need it. Yeah. Once you're already buying water. Whenever I bring my hydroplast whatever, Uh I don't use it. And whenever I don't bring it, I need it. So I just can never figure that out. Do you have an emotional support water bottle? I feel like (laughs) I, I do at night. Like I cannot go to bed without water next to me, but I'm not fully attached to a water bottle yeah so right now I've been liking the Stanley ones I was influenced and I think they're really good <laughs> um do you like that better than like the hydro flask yeah here's my beef with hydro <laughs> when I went to college at GCU I'm not kidding you guys like the trend for hydro flask started it at GCU some kid from Bend Oregon was like the first one or like a couple girls on my soccer team were from the place where they actually started. So they were like, mm. I remember dying after a gauntlet, like running, what was it called? A fitness test. Oh my God, nightmare. <laughs> and then my teammate comes up to me with a hydroplast. She's like, here, drink from this. It's really cold. And we were in Arizona, so we needed to have some sort of uh, insulator. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I think I just used hydroplast so much in college that now I look at them and I'm like, oh, that's, I just can't. I'm annoyed. <laughs> Already, I don't know why, but it's just it like, also bothers me they don't fit in cup holders. I know that is my it, it doesn't fit in my thing yeah. at Orange Theory, and it makes me so yes, mad. In the I tread. know I, I have to put it down on the side or like real. behind me, and I'm like, that is it's completely so annoying. annoying. And then the smaller I know. ones are too small, so yeah, cool. Well, that was good stuff about traveling. Um, now I want to talk about your jobs. So, okay. what are your current jobs? Okay, my current jobs. This is funny. Um, I am a full-time, I would say full-time nanny, but it's more like I work three full-time days as a nanny for one family that I've been with for three years. I used to be full-time with them, like anywhere from 40 to 60 hours a week, so I know Mm -hmm. this family really well. And they actually have, I got that job because they have a three children and the oldest was in a Netflix show. Um, he's actually, I think, I, I guess I'm allowed to say this. His name is, in the show is Stick, and he plays in Ashley Garcia, Genius in Love. And now he's actually, um, it's been announced, he's actually filming a Disney show. So he'll be oh, on cool. the Disney channel. I'm like, I want it to be Lizzie McGuire. This yeah. is not fair. <laughs> I'm pissed. But now that I see what goes into acting, I'm like, that is not yeah, for really, me. No. Like, I could never Wait, do that's that. that's cool. When does that start? So I think it's supposed to come out in June of okay. this year. Um, cool. Yeah, I'm really excited because I know the concept about it, and I'm like, that is everything I want to watch. I will say it's kind of like a mashup between Hannah Montana and Wizards of Waverly Place. Like, they have cool. to live a double life. Okay. I, I don't know if I can release details. They have to live a double <laughs> life, and then there's some sort of magic involved. So cool. it's really cool. He's the brother. He's one of the main characters. It's focused on a family, and... Okay, back to my job. <laughs> so he's really cool, but I'm also yeah. Cool. No, that is cool. Um, the he since he was younger, he had to go film in LA. And okay, yeah. Because of he was younger, he had to have a parent guardian with him on set at all times. Like mm-hmm. Hollywood rules are kind of crazy. Like within thirty feet or meters or something. 
the so man the, had to be a parent or oh, a wow. guardian. Yeah. So the mom had to go film with him in LA for six months. Mm-hmm. And then I was at home in Colorado with the two other children. And then the dad also worked in Colorado. He owns his own business. So it was much harder for him to go to LA. Um, Anyways, I was with that family for full time. Once they stopped filming, the mom came home. I went to Canada, Mexico, Thailand, and then COVID hit, and I got a call from them like, hey, do you want to homeschool? And then I actually ended up homeschooling multiple families for all of 2020. And then it kind of came went into 2021 as well. And then now I do, per- I personally assist for this man that I have is a friend from college's dad. He runs a men's group, which sounds very weird, but it's more like a cult. It's a Christian cult. <laughs> Don't tell him I told him that. It's not necessarily a cult. Let's just but, hope he doesn't hear this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they actually run a really cool group for men. And so I do a lot of like the travel stuff and organizing and emails cool. and setting up events for them. And then I am a nanny, and then there's another family that I work for. So I feel like my work is all over the place. It's definitely not something that I thought I would do for this long. But I'm not in a position where I'm like, okay, I can quit this and do something else. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, life is just, I feel like it's so weird right now. And I feel (laughs) like when you get to your 20s and after college, it's a nightmare trying to figure out what you want to do with your life. Yeah, I'm going into that right now and have no idea what I want to do but I've been trying to think of it as like a positive thing like it's almost cool because it's like I actually have zero obligation yeah and like some people I'm like they're like oh that scares the shit out of me and me I'm kind of like okay I can make what I want with it like I can do what I want with it but yeah I well I would never be telling girls or guys whatever I would never want to tell you guys like oh it's horrible like there is good parts of it, and mm-hmm. it is what you make it. I think I let a lot of stuff get to me, and a lot of stuff happened to me in my early 20s that I'm, like, now working through. And I would either have to do it now or later in life. My therapist is like, good thing you're doing it now. Most people don't address this till later in life. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's been especially difficult for me. Um, but looking at the opportunity when I was graduating and what I could do, I mean, I was going out to travel for a year Yeah. and life was my oyster. I could do anything I wanted. I don't know if that's the correct term. Um, and the so the world was your oyster. world was yeah. my oyster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> I wish I could go back and just enjoy it so much and release myself again from that pressure of having to live up to some societal standard, your yeah. parents' standard, or whatever it is that your classmates are doing that you're not. Like, yeah, just I let love yourself that. enjoy life because you really do have a long time to figure it out. And I remember being so stressed to get an internship or do whatever and use my degree and yeah. be cooler than the girls from high school and more mm-hmm. impressive. And I just am like, none of that matters. Yeah. And I'm still trying to, like, shed that away. As mm-hmm. 25, I've been here for three years now, I feel like. And so if I could tell anyone what to kind of do when you graduate, it's just be really optimistic and don't let adults or authority opinions or societal, cultural standards shape you into doing something that you might not want to do. Yeah, I love that so much. Well, I'm excited for you. And I wish I had a journalism degree. It's really cool. Thank you. Um, 
I loved my classes. They're really cool. I feel like there's, I feel like the rise of social media is bringing on all these really cool classes with it marketing. Is. And it, is. it wasn't really a thing when I was in college. And I was only in college like three or four years ago. Yeah. It's four now. Yeah. Um, so I'm really jealous of everyone getting to do that now. And if, if you are a freshman or you know, senior in high school, you should do graphic design, computer tech, like coding, <laughs> or I wouldn't even like say get a marketing degree, maybe a marketing minor, because mm-hmm. you're going to learn that just from having a social media account. But that's what everyone is making money now doing is coding, um, websites, apps, whatever, and then graphic design. Yeah. So... Yeah, I just yeah. Think. I'm in a social media management class, and it's so cool right now. But God, what do they say to do to manage me? Um, <laughs> what do they say? That's actually a great question. I can teach that class, maybe. <laughs> you should. I feel like you would love that. Oh my gosh! I'm sure, you need some sort of masters to teach a class, but who knows? Yeah. Um, do you ever see yourself going into corporate America or what? <laughs> I do. I know. I talked so – I guess I'm just someone with a lot of beef. <laughs> but I talked a lot of shit out of corporate America. I sometimes take it back now because I'm like, dang, the stability and the paycheck mm-hmm. What sounds really nice. Like there's something to be said for having benefits and having a job that they can't necessarily just fire you out of the blue or having your set hours. Being a nanny – I have found that um, we're in jobs where it's, like, a lot more personal and not as corporate. Like, Mm -hmm. you get a lot of blurred lines of boundaries. You have to stand up for yourself a lot more in ways that if it's not in a rule book, if it's not HR, whatever, department, is not a union. So I I miss, or I guess I am kind of craving that stability. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, my friends that are in corporate America that are making a lot of money also call me crying every week so I don't think anyone's happy and they're like I hate this I don't contribute to the world like what am I doing with my life I want to do something else and I think everyone tells you your whole life like do something that you like and you won't work a day and you know whatever whatever that phrase is and I think after you get out of college and after you work for a couple of years, you start to realize how important you spend your time is and how much you need to do something that doesn't make you want to go home and slit your wrists. Yeah. Look at that. It's horrible. Sorry, I said that. <laughs> no, but, like, you want to be doing something you love. Like. Yeah. I, and working with children is something that I really like or at least makes me happy and fulfilled. Yeah. So I'm, I'm holding on to that, although – I definitely think I'm towards the end of my nanny career mm-hmm. at this point in my life because I've just outgrown it. And mm-hmm. I think, again, I'm now, like, in intertwined into another family yeah. where I love them. But it just is – it's hard to maintain – yeah, it's hard to maintain certain relationships and boundaries because you're a pseudo-parent now. And even yeah. I'm even having trouble thinking of getting a different job because I feel like I'm abandoning my children that I mm-hmm. nanny. So I've been with them for four years, three or four years of their life. Yeah. So it's really weird. That's so crazy. But anyone who's considering corporate America, give it a try. <laughs> at least, like, I wish I had tried it so I at least know how to do, how to get a job in corporate America and to know that I didn't completely want to do it. I swore it off immediately. and I'm I'm swearing it off. Like, I swore it off, like, three no years way. ago. Yeah. But I've been trying to talk myself into it. Yeah. Like, well, I... For the same reasons that you just said. Yeah. 
I think, okay, right after I graduated, I was so scared and I was like, I don't want to get into this because Mm -hmm. I'll be stuck. And I think looking back now, I'm like, I should have just tried one job here and there for three months, six Mm -hmm. months. Like, there's no shame in taking a job and quitting after a certain amount of months. Boomers will say you need to have loyalty on your resume. And I'm like, no, you don't because... You need to show that you can get out of a bad situation if you weren't happy. I think that's what I would totally. say to them. Um, but I would try, within your first two years out of college, I would try something and then work on your hobby, whatever you want to make money on your own time. My dad always told me that, and I tried really hard, but I just couldn't do it. Um, and work on that on your own time, because if you're stuck living paycheck to paycheck, it's really hard. Yeah. yeah. So... Cool. I want to talk a little bit about like your therapy and stuff. I know you like talk about that a lot. I don't know too much about it and stuff, um, but I didn't know if there was any like advice or tips you wanted to give about maybe someone who is wanting to go to therapy or might like want to take that Mm -hmm. step or anything like that. Anything, any insight you want to give for that. Okay, well, after you've listened to this podcast, you can see that I talk a lot. So it's pretty easy for me to be the type of person that would enjoy therapy as the talking goes. Because a lot of people message me. They're like, I want to get into it. I want to start. How do I do it? I feel so awkward. And I recognize that not everyone has an easy time reflecting or talking or looking at hard things. That's what I would say. I personally think therapy is probably the best thing you can do for yourself besides traveling. Um, I highly, highly recommend it. And I know there's barriers to go to therapy, which are like cost and time and whatever. But if you're someone that knows you need therapy, you need to go. If you're someone that's contemplating going to therapy, I would definitely try to prioritize that within the next six months because um, it can, I think everyone is such a better person when they go not because they're like going to get fixed, but they're going to become a more integrated self. When you talk to somebody who's done a lot of reflection and thinking about the life, their life and the world, um, you have such deeper connections and conversations with people. Whereas when you're talking to people that you're like, okay, this person does not connect to reality and I'm having a hard time connecting. Yeah. So for me, therapy helps a lot. Um, and with so many things, but I would say I'm trying to remember all your questions. Like, no, just like, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really know what to ask about therapy. Yeah. Just like, I just wanted you to talk about whatever yeah. you were comfortable with, but basically just how to, how, if someone, you kind of said okay. it, but just, I think I know what you're asking. <laughs> you don't need to have something traumatic happen to you yes, for you yes, to need therapy yes. or for you to go to therapy. I think a lot of people are mm-hmm. like, I don't need that. Like, I'm not that bad. Like, I'm fine. I I absolutely have always had a great relationship with therapy where I've had to go because of things that have happened and where I've also gone because I just needed maintenance therapy. Mm-hmm. So if you're someone that is unsure, you're allowed to call therapists up and say, I'm looking for a therapist. I want a 10-minute consult to even see if our schedules line up and if you can help treat what I'm going through. And if you're scared of, like, the what I'm going through, you don't have to have anything you're going through. They can just help you, um, 
with whatever yes on and your mind you don't have to be someone that like got in a car accident or that mm-hmm. goes through a really bad breakup or their parents cheated like you don't mm-hmm. have to be someone like that to benefit from therapy and that's yeah. like my biggest message to everyone however I know that it's expensive so if you cannot find a way to make it work without stressing yourself out I guess put it on the back burner for now um also, I don't know about GCU, but like CSU has like yeah. you get like five free like counseling ses- I would sessions. Them all. Yeah, I got free I therapy in college as yeah. well. So <laughs> that's a good from the um, soccer team. little tip. <laughs> yeah, from my psycho if you're coach. In college. Yeah, I would totally try it out. Also, there's a lot of programs at colleges with master's programs where people that are getting their hours to become mm-hmm. a therapist have to give three free therapy. So I would look into that. There's a and I've heard BetterHelp. I've never used BetterHelp, um, but anything you can do, mm-hmm. I certainly am an advocate for therapy. Yeah, and, and I, I love that trying. you like love to talk about it openly because oh, I feel thanks. like there becomes like a negative, not even a negative stigma, but I definitely feel like our generation is more into it and talking about yeah. it. But it's even like my like parents' generation is like. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a bad weird. thing. So Luckily, I don't know. My parents have also been in therapy for like 30 years. So <laughs> I think they've always been open to it. But I wrote about this in my paper to get into grad school, like removing the stigma and the negative connotation to therapy and mm-hmm. normalizing it. But also I feel like as our generation is trying to normalize it, I would still reiterate that you don't need to have some traumatic thing happen to you for you to benefit from it. I think that's great. Yeah. I want to talk about your influencing now because <laughs> I love how you do it and I love you on Instagram. Um, when did you like start Instagram? And I feel like it is Instagram, but is there another social media platform that has given you the most success besides Instagram or right? Okay. When I was in college or let's see, like when I was in high school, I remember when Instagram came out and I mean, we were all using Facebook back in the day, Mm -hmm. and then Twitter was really big in high school. When Instagram came out, I made an account. In high school, I was a three-sport athlete and on student council, and Mm -hmm. I was missed talk everyone's ass off. So, like, I had friends all over, and enemies, and (laughs) (laughs) and I just would connect with people. So, I think going into college, I had already, this sounds so pretentious but I already had 3,000 followers or something going into college back in 2015 yeah so that was a lot considered that it totally. Instagram wasn't like I probably knew of one influencer mm-hmm. I didn't like that wasn't even a term yet people were yeah. putting public figure in their bios it was weird yeah so in college I or I guess in high school like I had done a lot of Twitter and like gotten a lot of followers on Twitter for being somebody that was very outspoken, like calling people out. That's why I said I also had enemies. But overall, I think people <laughs> liked me. They might have been a little scared that I would say some honest stuff. But I just always, I loved that attention or that like leadership role. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, oh, I want to be told I'm the most beautiful with the best body. Certainly not. But I liked having people respect me for my voice. And that's just, I think, an ego, but also there's nothing wrong with like knowing what yeah. you kind of get off on in life. So when it came to college, I loved captions and loved photography, got more into it. And then right after college, I think it was starting to take off more and I was going traveling and it just seemed so, I think I had never imagined or I had always 
I can't speak. I always imagined a future where I had at least 10K followers, which Mm -hmm. again, might sound pretentious, but if you're somebody that wants to be an influencer, it's like, you know what you want. So I couldn't imagine a life without having gaining that sort of status. I hate that word. Sorry, guys. But I always presented myself on social media as if like I wanted people to hear what I had to say and that they liked it. Um, Okay, so then like how I actually got better at influencing. I gained a lot of followers um, originally from like another influencer a few times, but it was never enough to get me to 10K, which Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for. I think it was really hard. Instagram had hit like a stagnant, like it was really hard to go viral. TikTok hadn't taken off yet. Um, It was a lot of like you saw people getting Instagram famous through already Instagram famous people. Okay. Or you somehow had an in with a brand. Yeah. So what really took it off for me was, I guess, the free people photos. Like, I already always wore free people. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm wearing free people right now. In high school, I was always – I've already told this story on Instagram, but, like, Allie Riggs came to school in seventh grade, and she was wearing free people. And I was like, Allie Riggs, where did you get that? She's like, my mom got it for me from free people. I was like, Dad, I need free people. And, like, my parents were not about to spend $128 on a T-shirt for me. Absolutely not. And so, like, my parents didn't spend – that type of money on me like yeah they, they spent money on me to do sports and travel and stuff but yeah well they didn't pay for my traveling but you know in, mm-hmm. in when I was growing up yeah that's what we spent our money on we didn't have the nicest things yeah so I had always had this obsession that the cool girls wear free people and I loved everything and I got into that vibe of the hippie sort of Stevie Nicks look and it worked well with my body um and then when I started I always would just tag free people for shits and gigs. Like yeah. I never thought anything of it. And they had contacted me and reposted me. I want a gift card. And then they're, they're messaging me like, you're on our radar. We're watching you. And I'm like, Oh my God. I love that. Oh my God. I'm freaking out. And then one thing led to the next and they had asked for my email and they actually like, when they asked for my email, they didn't contact me for like a month and a half. I thought it was over. I was like, yeah, they don't really care about me. And then I got an email one day at work and I think I started crying. They're like, they said, send me your rates. No brand had ever said, send me your rates. And I'm like, no shit. Like I actually am going to get paid for something. Um, and then calculating my rates was like, it's so hard. I was like, what am I supposed to ask for? I just hit 10K. Yeah. How do you even do that? Well, okay. So the nanny mom that I work for, right? She has the son that's in the Netflix and Disney shows. She is constantly yeah. being his manager and doing contracts. So she helped me so much with um, figuring out mm-hmm. how to calculate that sort of stuff and how to value yourself and how, the verbiage. Is okay. that the right word? Verbiage? Verbiage. Ver- I don't know. The verbiage. words that you use, the lingo in the ling- emails yeah. to professional okay. people. Okay. So I sat with her one day at work and we did some Googling and it's funny enough, there's like an influencer calculator. There's a lot of them. You could just pick it up <laughs> and you can put in like your Instagram account. You don't have to log in. Uh, I'd never give, never give anyone your password guys. Yeah. Um, and then you can put in like your statistics and they can actually go and look at calculate your what you could be charging cool um and they said like the in, the instagram influencer calculator thing said i could charge anywhere from 500 to a thousand dollars for one post 
like in your feed. So we went based off of that and looking at my engagement and stuff. And then I had sent my rates to three people. They accepted it. And they sent me like a shit ton of clothes. And I was like, no way. This is amazing. I can't believe this. And so three people had gotten me a lot of followers, I guess that way. Um, Mama Wilder is somebody that I've like befriended on Instagram and she's grown her Instagram a lot, like kind of on accident. Mm -hmm. And so she shouts me out here and there. I super am aware that the only way to get followers now is through TikTok. And it's just like, I don't know if anyone else is in this position. It's really hard because like, if you hear me on this podcast, I can talk for so long but when I when I go to press record on TikTok, I'm like, oh my god, I, I, I don't know what to say. This is <laughs> I don't know what to do. But I can post a selfie of myself ten times in a row on Instagram yeah. and not feel weird. I don't know what it is. And I think also knowing that you have to do TikTok to be successful now, mm-hmm. there's so much added pressure. Yeah. That I'm like, holy crap, TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. I, I can't do this right now. I can't. Yeah. It's too hard. Like it's yeah. too big yeah. of a thing to take on. Also, I don't get how these people are doing it because it takes so long to edit a video. And I literally think the same thing. And I, I'm like, this is not easy. Like, no. And another thing is, like, I'll be at work. I'll be working with children. I'll be working with other people. I cannot go on my phone and watch videos mm-hmm. out loud. But can I go on Instagram in bathroom or, like, check it here and there? Yeah. yeah. It's so easy. So that's why when people are like, Instagram is dying, I'm like, well... We're not all going to be able to watch TikTok out loud all the time. Like, that yeah, can't be our main source. it's annoying source. when you're in public and people are watching yeah, TikToks. I'm like, biggest pet peeve. Yeah. like, what do you Or, mean? like, if I wanted to know what someone was doing, which is so weird that this is now a normal in our culture, mm-hmm. but I could be like, oh, I want to know what Becca from Bachelor is doing. I can go on her Instagram. I would never yeah. go to TikTok. Yeah. Maybe that will change over the course of the next five years, but I really hope it doesn't because, yeah. again, like, even if TikTok is considerably more real, I'm like, it's also just curating content for yeah. people to like you. And one of the biggest things I would say is like on Instagram, when you're posting as an influencer, you're feeding a connection you already have with people. Whereas with TikTok, I feel like making any post video that I do on TikTok, I'm trying to adhere to random strangers instead of feeding a connection I already have. Mm-hmm. Because People are watching their For You page, not their page that they're already following. Do you totally, know what I mean? Totally. So every video I make, I'm trying to like bring in brand on the For You people, page or like, yeah. Go viral or like trying to. And that's really hard for me to separate and be like, just be yourself and those who yeah. are interested will follow you. Mm-hmm. Um, What's like, what would be your favorite way to collab with a brand? Like, I don't know too much about it, but like. Yeah. Like, would you rather be paid to post? Would you rather be sent free products? Or I don't know really any other ways. But okay. what's, like, your favorite way to collab with a brand? Okay, so what I have learned <laughs> in my, like, short few months of influencing after 10K, getting gifted from a brand is so fun because you're immediately released. I guess the theme of this whole podcast is that I'm affected by pressure. <laughs> so if there's, like, pressure to, to post or do something – which you still have when you get gifted because you're like, oh, this brand's so nice. I'll post yeah. to kind of give back. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a lot easier. Um, but you don't get paid if you're being gifted product. It's, okay. it's fun when it's a it's a brand like, okay, day hair. They, I'm on their gifting list. They don't pay me. Okay. But I freaking love the product. So I'm like, thank God. I love this. Um, 
And if I worked with them, I think I would have anxiety about filming an aesthetically pleasing shower scene, you know, washing my hair. Yeah. So um, I think I, in the future, hmm, I'm trying to think because I also get gifted from free people, but with obligation to post. And that is so natural to me. I think that's why it works so well. Yeah. Because I already do it. Um, But there's brands that I've worked for before that I'm like, oh, wow, I have to, like, kind of be something I don't really feel is natural Mm -hmm. or convince people that I'm – there's this aspect of my life that exists that I haven't told them about yet. Yeah. Um, I think the most ideal brands would probably be be for products I already use – I I really wish Revolve, I guess, would notice me, but I don't that know. That is a really like, cool thing. Yeah. I actually have talked to recently, though, girls that have worked with Revolve, and their experience wasn't 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, it's a little bit different than what I thought it would be like. Yeah. Um, But I think that they do have enough clothes that I like that it would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I was thinking yesterday of brands that I really, really love and like. Like Emma Chamberlain just collabed with Kava. Obviously, oh, yeah, I'm not big cool. enough to ever collaborate with a restaurant, but I freaking love Kava. Like, that, to me, is something that's really cool, where it's something that you're already Doing, using. Like, yeah. if I would Airbnb or, like, travel companies, that would be so fun for me because what I want to get into is more of the traveling and taking mm-hmm. people on trips. Um, I feel like I asked you this on Instagram, but, like, staying at places for free and to be able to promote them like I feel like you have you figured that out yet because I'm so interested in doing that I would love to do that okay I found it really (laughs) hard and I've heard of influencers working like I've talked to I think Emily Hammond is her name I forget Mm -hmm. um I've talked to some really big influencers who have done it before and they're like Sometimes it's worth it because you don't want to pay. Mm-hmm. But then other times it's like you can't sit and enjoy your vacation because you know they're watching you and you feel like you have to be Ooh. taking photos or doing certain stuff. So like once you get into the their relationship where you owe somebody something, it's really hard to enjoy yourself and relax completely. When I was in Mexico with Mr. Canadian, I... We had thought about, like, I had reached out to certain places mm-hmm. and even had gone, because we were backpackers, so we were comfortable with just booking a place for a week and then the next two weeks figuring it out. We had gone into places and say, do you have an influencer discount? Do you do any influencer marketing? Is there something we could offer? Mm-hmm. And some places were able to offer us, like, 20% off, but they'd be, like, really nice places where I didn't even want to spend the money anyway, and I'm like, Ugh. yeah. 20% off to be, like, kind of outside of town, hmm. not really have, like, so much room. I'd rather just, yeah, this is not worth it. So I think some people have success. I think that's not my goal because I truthfully want to, when I'm on vacation, I don't want to be known or seen or relied on to be something that's and just fair. enjoy myself. Yeah. Whereas I would do it for Airbnb, though, because they're not there, you know? Yeah. Like, I could take my pictures yeah. and still, like – play uno and cards and yeah and do whatever you want like feel like i'm being watched i guess yeah i've never thought of it that way like like you're they're watching you and like you're obligated to be making content the whole time it's like and what's also weird is like the influencers that i know have gotten hotels paid for or like Mm -hmm. comped um they are influencers that i know make 
30 to $50,000 a month. So it's like they don't even need to get it comped. I think if you get to a place where you're able to tell a hotel, like a Ritz-Carlton, hey, I will exchange. It's like they don't even want to do it at that point, you yeah. know, because you're like, I could just pay for it. Yeah. Because I can afford it, which super weird thing though. Yeah. But. Um, This is so random and I just thought about this when we were talking, but didn't Kylie Jenner retweet you like oh a God, few yes. years ago? Girl, did that Kylie. did that like give you a bunch of followers on Twitter or I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was the best day ever. I had <laughs> guys, I had just flown to Vegas with all my girlfriends for my birthday. So it was my birthday trip also on top of this, where I'm like feeling myself. I love everything. All my friends are here. Um and I had okay, like the two days before. Kylie Jenner had announced that she had just put in a vending machine for her cosmetics <laughs> in the airport we were flying into. So one of my friends, I think it was Cassie. Yeah. Cassie and I were like, okay, well, let's go to it. It's in a different terminal, but like, let's definitely go because we land so early. So I go. And of course, like, this is when I had already bought, I think, Kylie Jenner makeup, mm -hmm. Kylie Cosmetics. So I was already into it. And I took a picture and I made the tweet. Uh, we used to go to vending machines to look like a snack. Now we're at, now we go to vending machines to, to wait, what did I say? <laughs> we used to go to vending machines to get, to a, get snack. a snack. Now, thanks to Kylie, we go to vending machines to look like a snack. Clever. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I did think of that one. <laughs> and she retweeted me and this is kind of Twitter isn't all that. I, it would have been way better on Instagram. Yeah. That bitch has not noticed me on Instagram <laughs> yet. I'm like, come on Kylie. But, it's okay. She's going through a lot. So, um, <laughs> what is she going through? Um, well, her baby daddy got canceled. She just had her yeah. baby change her name. name. Yeah, her sister's going through a nasty divorce. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, that's so much trauma. What do you mean? What are the Kardashians going through? A lot. So, yeah, yeah no, I don't think I, I think I probably gained like 300 followers on Instagram, which is a lot looking back. Yeah. But now, a day is I'm like, oh, 300 would just be like, nah, people are measuring by the thousands. Yeah. Now, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is like some advice, maybe like a tip or two you would give someone wanting to like be in your position or kind of wanting to be like where you are with like Instagram and stuff like that? Okay. So I think about this a lot. Um, the people that I follow that are doing well on Instagram, meaning that they're Instagram famous or something, they either have an element of lifestyle that I want to achieve or they have a great connection and I value their mind and their personality. It's really hard for me to follow somebody that's just posting fashion and not sharing who they are. I think this is uh, said in all sorts of versions, but I cannot reiterate enough how how important human connection is. So if you're someone that wants to do influencing, I would kind of like forget the whole niche thing and more just like figure out a why, like, why do you want to do this? Are you, are you like fulfilling like the need for attention, which is, I think it's okay. Like we all struggle with that in some sort of way, like being every single girl that got famous, Instagram famous was like, I always wanted to be famous when I was in second grade. Mm -hmm. I'm like, bitch, we all did. <laughs> yeah. All did. Okay. <laughs> like there's some sort of element in all of us that yeah. wants fame mm -hmm. and it doesn't quite make sense because, um, people who are famous are like, eh, it's not what you think it is. So I think if you ask yourself the why, but what if, 
if it's not the fame, what else do you want to do with it? Like my, I, I get off on human connection, connecting with people, having conversations. Mm -hmm. That's why I kind of cater my Instagram to be around that. Or if you actually really care about like lifestyle, fashion, like home decorating, you can be really successful in those ways too. So kind of, again, you don't have to niche down. You can be all of those, but know what your values are and then don't give up because my friend Kara, she sent me a graph, I think back when I had like 8,000 followers and I was like, Kara, I've been at 8,000 for a year. This is so stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she's like, there's a graph where I'm trying to, I'm going to try to explain a graph via podcast guys. It, it looks like a horseshoe kind of with the ends going out. And once you get down, um, people kind of quit and taper off and they're like, it's not going to work out for me. And this could be if you have 300 followers or 8,000 followers, it doesn't matter. This is just a point where you're like, oh my God, I need to give up. And I would say like, don't give up. Even if it's slow, even if you are like, no one cares about me or whatever, keep going because statistics show that people that keep going have success. And I, I really was like, okay, I'm just not going to give up. I don't care how embarrassing this is. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and then it ends up working out in some sort yeah. of way. I agree. Not every single person can be Instagram famous, but the people that set out their minds to do influencing and Mm -hmm. set their intentions, it's absolutely possible. Nowadays, I would say, yeah, get on TikTok, bring followers over. Mata Gravier was one of my followers and now she has a hundred thousand followers and I still have 11. So it's, you know, it's like weird Yeah. or like my friend, a lot of my friends like have surpassed me in a way that's like, it can happen to anyone. There's, not really a right way or wrong way to do it. I know TikTok is so successful, but also like don't stress yourself out about mm-hmm. that. Um, and then I've heard Pinterest, like I've been using Pinterest a little bit. It's a lot more fun. So if you could use, do you Pinterest- get good like reach on there and stuff? Or I haven't what? checked in a few okay. weeks. I don't know. I post like four photos. My friends are all like, you need to do this. You need to do this. And I'm yeah. like, I have to go pick up the kids in car. Like, <laughs> like I, <laughs> I cannot do this. Time to do this. I'm also trying to plan an Israel trip for the Christian cult. Like, like I cannot. Like the time it takes to influence, I'm like, holy shit! How do people do this yeah. full time when they're just starting out? Because you're not making enough money to live on. Yeah. So totally. when people are like, you have to do this, this, and this, I'm mm-hmm. like, shut up. I'm like, I'm trying, but yeah, like, it's a lot. Um, there's just know that those those resources exist if you want to learn how to do pinterest there's youtubes if you want to learn how to do tiktoks there's tiktoks about that if you want to do influencing on instagram which i always assume like people kind of know how to do now yeah keep doing it and when i we've talked about ballerine farm a little bit before the show but like ballerine farm doesn't share fashion doesn't share she shares her freaking bread and i'm like i'm obsessed (laughs) with this girl and her cow but i'm like if, if you're posting stuff that's like okay, I want to escape for a while and listen to somebody else. Like Mm -hmm. when I'm watching TikToks, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I just listened to a video about that. But I was intrigued and she's talking about Q-tips. Like (laughs) like you have to just kind of pretend like your content, people give a shit about it and then they will. Yeah. Um, Because I find myself consuming content when I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize I cared about that. Yeah. So don't like doubt yourself in that way. I'm trying to think of any other advice. Oh, tag brands. That helps a lot. Here's my biggest advice I talked about with one of my best friends. If you want to be friends with somebody who's an influencer already to get followers, 
great, but also not great because you will, it's like Stassi. Who's Stassi? She's Kylie's friend. You don't want to be Kylie's friend, okay? You want to be. You want to be Kylie. Yeah, you want to be your own person. And that's why I'm like, when people are like, where'd you get your followers? And I'm like, okay, there was a few influencers, those who shall not be named. But I will, like, it's just, I don't want to be known as someone's friend. I want to be known as my own brand, whatever that is. So don't make that your entire goal to be put yourself in these circles with these successful people, mm-hmm. just like believe in yourself more. I think that's what people forget about in that. And no one really talks about that, you know? Yeah. Make your own brand. Like Make your own. David Dobrik's friends will always be known as David Dobrik's friends. Like I, I literally, I don't even know their names. names. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just learned like, David Dobrik's videos. <laughs> like, and those, yeah, it's just stuff like that where like, oh, okay. You, sh- you can be your own person without needing other people's success. Yeah. To be successful. Yeah. Okay. So more, more about Ballerina Farm. We're going to switch <laughs> over. Um, so if you don't know who Ballerina Farm is, do you want to explain it? I literally know her from you. So you explain her. Ballerina Farm, you owe me a <laughs> shout out because I brought you so many followers. Okay. So I, I also do want to say this too, since like, yeah. I am not Mormon. I've never been Mormon, but I lived and grew up in a town where there's a huge Mormon population in Colorado. Yes, I'm not in Utah. And so I, all the Utah ex-Mormon, Mormon influencers I've known about since high school, 10 years ago. So I've known a lot of, and they're all connected, you guys. It's wild. Um, anyways, I didn't find Valerie, Valerina from 10 years ago, but I was following this Mormon girl who was friends with the Mormon girls in my high school. I've recently unfollowed this girl because she never <laughs> responded to me. I was like, I am so annoyed. I literally was like, Hi, whenever I have anxiety, I watch the videos of you and your daughters, and they're so cute. And she literally didn't respond. I was like, <laughs> I feel so uncomfortable. <laughs> so, anyways, she had on her story once <laughs> accounts she likes to follow, and one of them was Ballerina Farm. And I'm like, what the hell is this? So I clicked on it, and Ballerina Farm had like 14K followers. I'm not kidding. Like, now she has, guys, she has like 600K something. Yeah. Insane. And Good for her. I'm not even mad about her. Yeah. I'm not even jealous. I'm like, you deserve it. You had seven kids and I don't know how you do it. So she is this Mormon woman that has, is giving birth to her seventh baby probably today. And <laughs> what if it does happen today? I don't that know. That would be My insane. Mom every day. Yeah. That would be insane. They live on a pig farm. They have their own pig farm and they don't show like the butchering process. Thank God. But they show these meat boxes she sells and she makes bread all the time that's like it's like watching modern day what is it home on the prairie (laughs) it's like watching something so comforting you guys so wholesome everything homemade and it's so beautiful the way she does it it's literally art so healthy and it's not the type where you're like i could never do that it's Mm -hmm. the type where you're like i could pull weeds in my garden and put that (laughs) on a salad yeah (laughs) like she makes it seem so real and so accessible um, and then she has, what else is about her? Her kids don't have, they don't have a TV and they just like know how to entertain themselves. I always find that interesting because I'm a nanny. Yeah. So I'm constantly watching like what the kids are doing. They're never crying. I also think people don't record their kids crying, but yeah, they always seem pretty content with yeah. doing branch life. I think it's like simpler. Like yeah. I think they live such a more simple life that it's like, yeah, I don't want to say easier. That's not the right word, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
Do they, do you know if they like have a teacher or like, are they homeschooled? I feel like I've never seen anything about that, but I also haven't followed her for very long. Okay. Recently on her story, she said the teacher was coming. So okay, they hired one. (laughs) Well, I think they've made a lot of money recently because of the meat boxes, the bread. They sell the sourdough bread starter. You guys, I just bought one. Um, Oh yeah. So I didn't know you had to feed it every day. So I will not be traveling this summer. (laughs) 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 I'm going to be making bread. (laughs) New hobby. It is like, I need something to help my mental health. <laughs> I really love sourdough bread. So I she did recently post that the teacher is coming. So I think they've hired more people to help them out. Okay. I think she might have been doing the homeschooling and okay. some bread filming. Cool. I seriously don't know where she gets her energy. I yeah, don't, I don't know I, either. I think it's something in the Mormon water, you guys. They're just <laughs> so successful and happy, but... Also, um, her name's Ballerina Farm because she she was a ballerina like in college or yes she okay. went to Juilliard. Okay, I'm pretty yeah, sure. like no, I, that's what I was so gonna say. Cool. Yeah, she was ballerina, and so and now she and lives then, on a farm. So it's yeah, like her ballerina husband, farm. Her husband worked on a farm, I think, during his mission. Okay, and then when he came back, he was like, "Yeah, I want to own a baller, or I want to own a pig farm, not a ballerina farm." And then the, their friend told them to name it that. Yeah, I love so, that. Guys, I keep up with the ballerina farm. She has no idea. I, who I, I am. did too, and she, I, yeah, it has to be her nanny twice. <laughs> I could see you living there and just being her nanny. Yeah, just fully milkmaid, totally tits out, like milk macau. <laughs> <laughs> my boyfriend always is like, "Oh my god, milkmaid!" I'm like, "Sorry, guys, but." Well, I found ballerina farm. This is the last thing I'm going to say about her, but Reba posted on her story and was like. You, you didn't say these words, but you were like, oh my gosh, like pray for this cow. <laughs> like Hannah's cow fell and like it's not doing well. Reva was like, I'm crying. Me and my mom are sobbing. Like we hope this cow makes it. Then I got all invested and I'm like, okay, this lady and her family is so cute. And I was like, I need to see how the cow's doing. And sadly it passed away, yeah, but we still <laughs> follow her and she's freaking awesome. So yeah. Okay. Well, last question I have. Okay. So you talk about this man on your story a lot and there's no, <laughs> I'm going to turn red. There's no, <laughs> I've never seen a name reveal, and I know you don't reveal his name, but so from what I've gathered, he's from Canada, so yes. I am I nickname he's him Canadian. Mr. Canadian, and I just wanted to know if you guys have any plans, like, or not even, like, travel physical plans, just, like, any plans in the future. <laughs> yeah, I, oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> yes, I keep him private right now, I think. As you should. I had posted a boyfriend in the past a couple of years ago and lost like a ton of followers. And mm-hmm. most of my followers now are women, so I don't think they would do that. But I think managing so much in my life already, the last thing I could do is handle people's perception of my relationship. So, and he also is like, he is my biggest fan on Instagram. And he's like, I'm okay with whatever you do. And it's actually kind of fun to be a secret and to be like a mysterious person. Mm-hmm. I'm like, shut up, but I love you. And, um, <laughs> So we both decided that it's like, okay, we're just going to keep this on the deal right now. Um, Also, because we're doing long distance. So it's like, I already, people who know me in real life and know about him are like, are you guys still dating? I never see a post about him. And I'm like, well, we're not even together. I mean, we're not even physically together in the same country. Yeah. So that part is a little bit annoying where having a public relationship is, I think it must be easier to do when you're in person. You could 
quickly snap a selfie as mm-hmm. if you owe people that validation that you're still dating. Yeah. But that to me is just something I'm not ready to take on right now. Um, do we have plans? I actually was flying to Canada in March and didn't end up going because of all the rules. Like I canceled my flight. I have $500 in United Credit, guys. Where should I go? I'm so sad. <laughs> it was like the worst week of my life because I was, I had an interview for grad school on Friday and Saturday I was supposed to fly to Canada and I ended up not getting into that grad school and not going to Canada. Oh. And I was like, this is hell. And we were so sad and he was really sad. And I, my nanny family was also out of town, so I didn't even have to go to work. Like I literally had a week at home to do nothing. And my family was in, my parents were on a uh, vacation together for her birthday, just them two in Mexico. My brothers Aww. don't live at home anymore. So, so alone and so sad. Um, but I didn't want to tell Instagram I was alone because I listen to crime podcasts. Very scared. <laughs> so it was like, it's horrible. Um, so right now we, because of the rules in Canada, we cannot plan anything to see each other's as far as going to each other's countries we've talked about going back to mexico this summer um it's really difficult to manage seeing each other that way because it's so hard to take a month off of work. yeah i already did that in january and mm-hmm. i don't want to do that again but if we just take a week off it's not enough time so honestly if COVID didn't happen right now we'd probably be living together in the United States but it's so hard even if you're dating somebody in another country without COVID because getting on a lease and getting a visa is impossible if you're not sponsored by a place of work Mm -hmm. if to get sponsored by a place of work you have to have a degree all this stuff it's so stupid I hate it um definitely need to reform the immigration system but that's another topic uh so no, we don't have any for sure plans right now. We FaceTime like every day and talk all day long and have fun in that way. We try to stay op- optimistic. His family has a boat. So we've talked about him, them sailing because they live on a, so on a cool. lake in Eastern Canada. Uh-huh. Them sailing because it's one of the Great Lakes down to like okay. Detroit or Chicago um, and that picking me up sick. being a stowaway. <laughs> yes. I know. I was like, please come and do it. My mom, my mom and me dreams are coming true. Like that'd be so fun. But that'd be so fun. What are the odds that happens? Actually, because his family, like when I was supposed to come, they Mm -hmm. were messaging me and his parents love me. We've had a relationship for a long time and they're Mm -hmm. like, Reba, we really want you here, but we really don't want you to go to prison. And (laughs) like, we really don't want you to have to go through that. And also Canada is so strict. Like if you have a DUI in the United States, you cannot visit Canada ever. Mm. So to get in trouble going to Canada, I would never want to like, What's it called? Ruin my chances of being able to go back. Totally. If this is like the man I marry. Yeah. So they were kind of thinking that way. And um, they've talked about possibly doing the boat thing. But honestly, I find that a lot of Canadians besides my boyfriend follow the rules. So (laughs) it's been a little bit difficult. Most of the resistance members that are Canadian are down in Mexico. So (laughs) yeah. Cool. Well, I'm so happy that you asked me to. I know. Thank you for coming. I I am whoever listens, you enjoyed it. Sorry, I talked a lot. But thank you guys for listening. And we will see you next time. Bye.